Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And it's a beautiful spring day in the middle of the week because we're on spring break. Spring break is thrilling our souls right now. Good times are being had. It's amazing. Yep. We're not falling into either coronavirus <laughs> nor the treacherous panic that surrounds it. But I, I do know. I do find it interesting that, first of all, Christian... Like the only way to be in this kind of way is firm in your theology. Oh my word, that whole, the only what is it? I um, well, Stonewall Jackson said it, but he was pretty much quoting David, but saying, "My faith in God teaches me to feel as safe on a battlefield as in bed." Yeah, that there's literally nothing that can harm you. That is not, you know, yep, in God's control. And of course, we need to be sensible people and wash your hands and. Mm-hmm. Not lick things in public. <laughs> <laughs> Try it's to hold just, off on that. Yeah. But also I think that another thing that's equally as contagious as a random virus is what we appear to really be going down <laughs> hard with, which is a viral panic. And Yeah, and the thing is, is you have to take spiritual precautions like washing your hands and spiritually everything. wash your hands. Yeah, like and don't pass off to one another fear and anxiety that you should not have had in the first place. No. You should be giving this it to God. This world is a dangerous place, and there's a lot of ways that we could all get ourselves well, into trouble get of this. many kinds. Get this. And the I, one thing I love is that, that just historically speaking, we live in a time where we accidentally, I think, slip into thinking that our birthright is health and painlessness and mm -hmm. no problems. But that is not actually the case. And the other thing I would say, though, is historically in various plagues, the thing that has really marked the Christians is being unafraid of it, being the ones that stayed behind in the, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. In being the leper the, colonies, the, in the bubonic the plague. were not actually driven by fear. The ones who are going to yeah. going to help others even if it meant risk to themselves. So I do think like diving under your bed with all of your toilet paper is not the, <laughs> it's not the great Christian legacy is what no, that is. No, it's not. I mean it's also going out and spreading it to all your friends and neighbors is also not. No, of course what not. We ought and to be doing. So. It's kind of like find your middle ground and stick with it. Something that I think something I think ought to be remembered is the fact that uh, in the 1918 flu epidemic, mm -hmm. 25 million people died in 25 weeks. It killed more than the war. Yeah, 25 weeks. So think of a million people a week dying of something. Yep. And think that if the epidemic was like that, you would still be obligated to a joyful fearlessness. Yep. Like, that you would be obligated to serve God and be brave and man up. And I think... And I think sure, it's protect a, yourself and be prepared and all those and, things. And recognize the fact that God called you to this place and this time and there's good works for you to walk in and there's things for you to be thinking about how do you glorify him in this and how do I... And not just like how do I get what's going to be the hot commodity before all my neighbors got it. <laughs> I mean, like it's really odd. It's a really odd time. I feel like I'm trying to prepare more for the panic than I am for the illness. Yeah. Like whatever. Yeah. More not my panic. I'm saying I'm trying to prepare for like what do we need to do to oh, like live in this society? Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's pretty kind of it's funny. It's a funny time. So I would just say don't let it dominate all of your waking no. thoughts and fears and stresses and and just you know, cheerfully go about your work. Do your duties and <laughs> love the Lord and love your neighbor and don't be scaredy pants McSauce about viruses. <laughs> I actually think it's really funny because we think we're so big, but we're nowhere near big enough for a virus. That's the thing is so funny. We have a lot of big plans. Or the but weather. Man. The yeah. weather is another one that we feel like we can control. We're and, on it. And then every so often God does a thing and we and all we're scurry like, about. How did this happen? <laughs> we're like, how did this get outside of our control? And the reality that's funny is people are like, how did these things happen? And you know, the, the thing that's shocking is our normal state of health. Uh -huh. And our normal state of dental care and sewage plans. <laughs> 
you know yep. the fact that someone in your local city wherever you are has prepared in advance the sewage treatment plants and <laughs> has got got that system has got that system up and running (laughs) means that your life is way easier than you deserve to have it (laughs) well i was really when also other people are plucking your chickens think of it oh man that's a win too the thing is though is that i thought well if worse comes to worst and we can't get toilet paper to be honest, I'm stumped. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what the dry human leaves. race... There's dry what leaves. What does the <laughs> human race do about that? Well, the reality <laughs> is it's a more... That's something that is more feasible to live without than... Lots of things. I mean, if we Food. were going to run out of water, it would yeah. be really rough. Yeah, but we're not. We're not running out of that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. It's good that we all... Now, Rach, hmm. you saved up a thing to tell me. Oh, Becca, I saved it up because I did. I have to, like, refresh my mind. Sometimes Becca and I do this where we talk in the week and I'm like, oh, my word, Becca, I have to tell you. And I'm like, no, I have to save it till it's on the podcast because <laughs> if I tell you now, when I bring it up on the podcast, we'll sound duddy about it. Like, we already heard this, you know? Yeah, right. Okay, but it's a really precious thing. <laughs> it's one that blessed me deeply. So, I don't think this is a real popular movement. It just came to my attention. Okay. And it is a hashtag Bill the Patriarchy. (laughs) And not Bill the name. Not that. Bill it like send an invoice to the patriarchy. Why not? Why not make a quick buck off the patriarchy? So, the the idea, (laughs) it's this one woman workmanship. I don't even know. I cannot even get my mind around what she thinks is happening. It's sort of like the... Did you see that news clip where they were talking about how much Bloomberg spent on his presidential campaign? Well, I knew he spent an obscene amount. Oh, but did you didn't see it on the news? No. Oh, I word. don't watch the news. Oh, Becca. Well, I don't either, but I saw the clip and it is like weepingly funny. It's okay. so bad. Okay. They were like, Bloomberg spent... <laughs> Spent five hundred million on his campaign, and it was like there are three hundred and twenty-seven million people in America, so he could have given every <laughs> every person a million and a half dollars <laughs> instead well, of his campaign, and they had a big discussion about what a, when we could all be millionaires if he had just given it to us. When really, what it ends up being is each human could have gotten a dollar fifty. And they're like, oh, "Can you even believe one million dollars for each of us?" And and it is just so killer funny. But anyways, the point. Sorry, I got derailed. This person has taken up with the concept that <laughs> we are not being paid for our labor as mothers. So okay. we're going to bill the patriarchy for all who, of our billable is, hours. Who's the patriarchy precisely? Well, from what I gathered, who's going to pay that okay, bill? I'm a, well, okay, here's the thing. She there's some gestures towards like calling your senators and she demands <laughs> she demands universal child care. But in her what? bills that she writes up for the patriarchy, <laughs> there's really nothing about it that's acceptable. Every element is hilarious. <laughs> She's double billing in all kinds of places so she's like itemizing line itemizing her emotional output like no. her emotional labor no yeah so she'd be like today she put in 12 hours of emotional labor but oh it but word. it adds up to be like 30 hours a day of her billable work <laughs> that she's doing <laughs> she's a multitasker but the, what i but the, know, no i was like this woman it. this woman is but no but isn't that the thing the double billing like like a lawyer, someone who tra- who charges a lot per hour. That's a thing that's not smiled upon. <laughs> is when you're like traveling to one job and you're billing them by your yeah. hourly bill while sure. working on another thing that's mm-hmm. doubling your hourly wages. Oh yeah, right. And if you're traveling to meet with two different clients, you could you could bill everyone for all of your hours. Right. So, right. but she's doing that. But she's also saying 
And it, you can see, you can imagine nothing more depressing because there's like a picture of this woman with at some kind of a protest. I just in my mind I put her in Portland, but she could be anywhere. But the look, <laughs> the look is very Portland. <laughs> and she has this child in a stroller, and she's wearing like a sandwich board, itemizing the time she's been spending that's not been paid by this <laughs> poor child that's there in the stroller. Well, and then, but wow. then get this, this is the part that's so funny. So she wants the government to write her a check for, like, being pregnant. She wants to get an hourly wage for her work from the patriarchy. But this is the part that I was wanting to hone in on. <laughs> which is that it's oh. essentially saying that you want to build the patriarchy, which I presume you hate. Because yeah. why else would you want to see them pay through the nose for this work? But you're also wanting to turn yourself into the surrogate of the patriarchy. Well, yeah. Not a free woman. You know, no. like, I'd like to be the, the child chattel. care. I want to be nothing but chattel to the patriarchy. <laughs> and if they would pay me, right. I would finally find value as their reproductive slave. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, like... I just don't have a word for what it is. Mind-bendingly so. bizarre. I mean, it's, <laughs> no, it's like just so boringly self-centered. Well, but I was thinking about that. I was just thinking how weird it is that um, that is the slavery concept because the idea of being paid is the thing that makes people think you're being free, mm-hmm. like you're free to go work, where mm-hmm. you're really free. When you're doing when you're the one so, paying yes, others, when you're yeah. free to actually be the so like freedom is being the person who goes and buys the food for your children right. with your money. It's not being someone who's paid to have your children. I know it's so strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also I think that this is a weird. Um, we have tried to quantify everything into jobs. And she's clearly suffering from that problem. And monies. You know, money mm-hmm. it, Money is the real well, telltale it's like sign of whether you, your work is meaningful or not. Well, that, I've talked about this before. I've always thought it was really funny um, where people do that with, like, I'm a skilled artisan knitter, so oh, my yeah. hourly wage should be because of my skill, $35 an hour plus this will mean that my pair of socks should sell rightly. My due rights is a $350 pair of right. socks. Right. Well, nobody is going to buy that because, well, maybe they will, but not in a way that will keep you in business for long. No. And no. But the interesting thing about that is that they think that the world is mistaken for not valuing you that much financially. Yeah. Or valuing that work you're doing that much financially. Mm-hmm. When the person who's not valuing your work rightly is you. Yeah. Like so. the person who's trying to put a price tag on everything you ever do for someone mm-hmm. is the person who is not, who is having a warped perspective. Oh man. And, no. and it's like devaluing so many things to even start to put a price tag on it. I wonder how much that child is owed for having to put up with. <laughs> well, I think put up he's with not going mean, to get nearly as much out of it. There's as some he's emotional need. strain that he's the going through. Emotional damage of having your mother charting how much time <laughs> she spends on you every day. I can't even. It's so tragic. The the idea of being like, well, there goes another ten minutes towards emotional output. Well, and the thing is, is that that's a really egregious example of I think a common stumbling block. This is why I thought it would be interesting yeah. to bring up because I don't think yeah. we're all likely to get into that Portland mode of <laughs> of that kind of protest, but how many of us buy into the worldview of value, kind of, uh-huh. the worldview of, uh-huh. um, well, for instance, we talk a lot, you know, one of our themes that you all have very kindly taken to is that just be bad at it until you're good at it, just right. work, well, that's one of the things that does not add up financially at the output it is a later in looking back that is the kind of thing that's really worth it but how often do you talk to women who are like well I tried to make a nice dinner nobody appreciated nobody thought it was wonderful so why would I do that that? (laughs) yeah exactly last time for that kind of work and and it's funny because 
you think like, well, there's an awful lot of things that don't add up. The math is not no. there in our world, but I think it's not there because we're free women, not because mm-hmm. it is like you're free to place values on things that are not financial. Right. And that, that right. is really, that's it actually really made your freedom. Yeah. But I think also when you get tempted to fuss and complain and hold grudges against all of your nearest and dearest, <laughs> it's because you're thinking like this. You oh know? yeah, totally. It's how much work do I do versus how much work do they do? And can we let's t- calculate let's that? Put and a see chart on the wall. And who won? <laughs> who won? Then? Let's get a pie chart out and talk about it. Yeah, and who's who's the biggest <laughs> giver of us all? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and the funny part about that is that I think women routinely, I think that this is one of those things where men and women are very different, and they just are. But I think it is, especially in Christian circles, it is really, well, let me back up. Culturally speaking, right now, we're in the, the era of the woman, the, the she-ra, <laughs> the era where everything a woman does is inflated value. Well, and we're not allowed to talk about their sins. No, because if you talked about a woman's sins, you hate women's. You hate us all. <laughs> and uh, but you this betrayed is, everything, right? And so then you say massively in the culture, you can ream men for anything, and you cannot touch women for anything. No. And then you translate that across into the Christian circles, and you have much the same dynamic. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. As Dad has pointed out, and I think this is very fair. There's a lot of churches where on Mother's Day. There's a big, mothers are incredible, and without them, nothing would work, and everything is perfect with our mothers. And on Father's Day, we try to hit the men really hard and tell them how lame they are. <laughs> I'd like to say, just imagine that kind of a message on a Mother's Day. Today, to celebrate all you ladies, I'd like to draw your attention to how bad you're doing. I mean, it's just terrible. But the, but the funny part of it, that a reason I say this is I think Christian men are actually take a lot more abuse than they than is oh, yeah. owed them at all. And what I mean by that is I think that women routinely undervalue what their husband is doing mm-hmm. for them yeah. all the time and, and massively overvalue their own worth and right. And I actually and- remember this sometime thinking of when when um, Luke was on a trip or something. Oh, the kids were little. The times were intense. My 15-minute building blocks of life seemed (laughs) much longer. (laughs) And his trip got delayed somehow. Like, when he was gone, like, he got delayed another night or something. And I remember having this temptation to feel like, here I am, bearing it all, like... (laughs) Here I am, stuck at home with all this work, and you're off. And it was when I got to that part that I was, like, spending the night in an airport somewhere. I mean, like, is that actually sound nice? Living his best life in the airport. Do I like being in a Ramada Inn somewhere else? No, I do not. Like, there's nothing about this that that is... he, it was not him having a good time yeah. somewhere, yeah. but that temptation to be like, at least I'm man enough for the both of us to handle this. It's just terrible. It's, a, it's real bad. Yeah. Well, but I was noticing too, like if you have anyone who's brave enough to speak a word about women's temptations and sins, um, the overreaction is so extra and everyone acts like You've just insisted that every woman is guilty of these things, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was noticing today, I was thinking about this because in the Bible reading challenge, we read Job. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, look at that there wife doing a terrible job. Right? <laughs> like, like, here she came along and made everything. Curse God and die, Job. And he said. No, but I think she even says, says, are you like, still living with integrity? <laughs> Why don't you just curse God God and die? And he's like, you're speaking like one of the foolish women. And I thought that that was just a real moment to notice. Yeah, take it into account It was like, there's a category of foolish women, and right now you're behaving like one. And right after that, he says, uh, it says that 
in this, in everything Job said he did not sin. Right. So he rebukes his wife by telling her she's talking like a foolish woman and he was not being sinful in that. Well, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but my husband's theory is that a wife sort of sets brackets around her husband. Mm -hmm. You know, like some women set the, the lowest bar below which he cannot sink sort of Mm -hmm. but there's other women who put a ceiling on it past which he cannot succeed or grow or i see that i actually see that often and i want to this is a thing i agree with this but this is a thing i feel like i've seen more and more the older i have gotten the more i have seen people not being wise in their spouse actually being a really um, like not choosing their spouse right? Is that yeah, what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. That's what I mean. I mean, like, choosing according to sort of, l- like, not looking spiritually at your marriage okay. potential. I was talking to my daughters about this yesterday. We were having this discussion about, well, you did an Instagram post about it. About the girls that get their little princess complex going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the guys who are not good enough for me. Right, right, right. Having kind of an inflated view of their own league. What, you know, where they are in the world. Right. um, That kind of thing. I was like, and there's a lot of girls who are out there giving the stink face to some perfectly good men. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And not that you have to go for any guy, of course. You know, it's not like you're obligated to marry anyone who asks you. But, um... But there's some girls... Let's just take a little moment for the praise hands right there. Right. Isn't that good news for us? Let's, let's just say Thanks that none of this heaven. has anything to do with us saying be less discerning no, about who you no, marry. No, no, no. But I think just it's don't be, discern the right thing. That's the thing. And what one of my girls there. said is she goes, yeah, I think... I think that basically chick flicks are responsible for this. I think there's a big and element of truth. I was like, you're so right. Because it's... Everybody gets this idea of how it ought to go... And how he ought to be. And actually, almost universally in a chick flick, that if anyone has to really change or bow yeah. to the other person, it's the man needs yeah. to change. Yeah. The woman, she's probably pretty much all the things together. And yeah. whatever her bad idea, whatever her bad traits are, they're endearing. They're lovable They're ones. lovable yeah. good ones. They're yeah. kind of like you need to just see her for what she is. And she'll be so special for you. Yeah. But I see, in, it's not lower your standards. It's no. have a godly standard. Right. And keep that one as high as it can be. Yeah. But don't, but one of the important tidbits And if he's tidbits not planning is, a picnic on the beach, then that's not a good reason. That's not it. And If he's drinks too much, that's a good reason. That's a legit situation <laughs> to take into account and, and get yourself out of. Right. If he's not a godly man, if he doesn't, if he's not no, pursuing Christ, if he's no. not in the word, if he's not, have nothing to do with that. If he's not a hard worker. But if he is, if he is like a godly man and wants to get married and have kids and you know, you can hear the single, the young single girls being like, oh, so yeah. like, it, you know, when a guy shows his hand too much, when some guy's like just oh, looking like, for a wife. And everyone's like, oh my gosh. So awful. So terrible. (laughs) We were just talking with our kids yesterday about the only outrage, the only thing that is wanted people want to see as sexually abnormal is a decent man falling in love with a woman and marrying her and having children and staying faithful to each other. That's the one thing that is like, that's not normal. That is, you are so creepy for saying you want to find a good woman to marry. (laughs) Or for women saying that people be like, it's so lame if a woman said that she wanted to get married and have kids. You know, like that's just, Mm -hmm. and believe me, I understand the the social elements as a desperate weird muffin, but yeah, but I'm like, at the same time, I'm like the one thing the whole world wants, like imagine a chick flick in which a guy is like, I'm really looking for a woman who would make a great mother. Like, I'm looking <laughs> to raise up children with someone. And just imagine them no. trying to make that cute. No, they would not it, be able to because they think it's devious. Yeah, and what they want is somebody who's going to look great in Tuscan sunsets somewhere. You know, like somebody who's going to go on wine tours. Ride cute mopeds. Them and ride mopeds and... <laughs> be on the beach and all that or and maybe or, after many years invest in the in a dog be high powered in the city 
Yeah, yeah. We might do that. Power lunching with one another. <laughs> I think I think the important <laughs> the important thing about this is to actually get your perspective oriented to like what what does God want from his people? Right. Not what seems cool. Like who is the person? And I'll tell you something. I have a, something I've been thinking about. I think a lot of girls whose standards are too high for all the Christian men mm-hmm. are actually the ones who would be most likely to fall for the guy who truly is a big level nincompoop. <laughs> yes, right? For sure. Like they're way above it for the guys who might be, you know, or as solid citizens. Yeah, the guy who might be just. I remember a friend not liking a guy who was in all ways a good candidate for her because she didn't like his coat (laughs) and his coat and you have to get into the head of this because his coat (laughs) seemed like a symbolic coat it was a coat it was a coat that in her mind was affiliated with things she didn't want to have anything to do with it was just like you know you can imagine that he wears white Socks. Uh, White socks. Ah! I see him in pale yellow sometimes, and I hate pale yellow. Um, and, uh, <laughs> but the reality, I know. the I reality know. is, I I understand these things seeming significant, but they actually just aren't. Like they not, and that people who have that kind of standard that is like, right. did you not see that he had a cheap quality dress shirt on, like? <laughs> And they have that standard, but then they're likely to fall for someone who is drinking too much, yeah. or but he but he nails but it man, with the he's coat. on it with the fashion, or he never accidentally did a bad job with his hair gel. <laughs> and they're like, oh, but man. but what he does do wrong is the porn problem. That was the thing he should not have been doing. And I think at that, or who's just a total flake. Doesn't follow through on yeah, things. or a major Doesn't weenie or something. Yeah, it's like, maybe he's a oh man. Maybe he has a great motorcycle, maybe but he's, he's actually a, a loser, guys. Maybe he oh, is. Man, I, I know. The problem here, I think, is that uh, older, the older women will see these things more clearly, and mm-hmm. the younger women aren't interested in what older also, women can like. We all say that if he's moody, oh, get the hints. <laughs> Because Moody, again, channeling chick flick Run vibes. Run for the hills, ladies. Moody only looks good from a distance. <laughs> no, but Moody, Moody is the principal sucker inner of women because, yeah, because they're always like, he's so scowly at the whole world, but he smiled at me. Or he, oh, he winked at me, but he's usually so such a storm cloud. It must be that I am his sunshine. <laughs> And so it, bad. And don't do it. It's the Stay worst. Stay out of those weeds, guys. No, but then that perpetually cheery guy gets little street cred with the girls. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I was looking for someone a little less steady. <laughs> Not know. interested in this. Somebody who's going to be like really emotionally manipulative after we're married. That's what I look for. And I'm going to say one other thing now that we're on this council for who you should marry <laughs> topic we never meant to get on. One of these other things is it's also foolish to think that if a guy doesn't uh, have his whole career outlined <laughs> that he's that he's not ready for a wife. It is an important thing to know that your husband, whoever your future husband is, hopefully needs you. Right. Right? Like, hopefully, it's not like he... Maybe he needs somebody to throw away the yellow shirt. Yeah. Right. You know, but I meant, I meant maybe he needs, maybe he isn't, hasn't taken off in a life career path such that you know what he's going to be doing in 20 years, but you know who he is, you know, you know what kind of a principled Uh person he is or whatever and that's there's a real reason that I just I've seen that occasionally is that kind of like well he doesn't have a steady career yet or he doesn't have or there's a lifestyle I I think I've seen the other one too where he wants to knuckle down and do his work and pursue his calling and you have girls who they want to travel and they want to be spontaneous and they want to have a life that's very instagrammable and they want to be able to you know I don't know. Spend the money travel, that hasn't been be made honest, yet. Travel is a big one, I think, for mm-hmm. for um, people prioritize travel 
to a really weird extent. And it feels like that's one it like we were talking Luke about. Luke and I have always. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. We you do. do. You like went to Spokane. We yesterday. did that. We did that once. Luke and I when the Merkles were in England, we had just had the twins, and so we were the ones that were not suitable for travel. For so, in every application where our whole family has traveled the world, yeah. we have not. We stay where we're put. Someday no, we might travel, but you know what not I mean. Now. Like, there's a lot yeah. of people that they postpone a lot of pretty important things in life. Yeah, yeah. Because travel. Like, we're not going to have we kids. We need to see the world. Yeah, we're not yeah. going to have t- kids because we need to travel. We're not going to get married because I need to travel. We're not, you know, like, yeah. there's just a lot of strange emphasis put there. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like social media has really inflamed that. I think social media has, in. I think, do you know my theory about nitro coffee? No. Well, have you, you've had nitro cold yeah. brew. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about nitro... I don't think this is backed up by any scientific journal studies. It's, 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 this <laughs> this is, is just freelance is Rachel a, science. This is a study I've done in the wilds of my own life, and <laughs> I can give you the data. Okay. And Tell me about so it. So nitro, the caffeine in a nitro cold brew will affect you More differently. Quickly, right? I think it's just a different delivery thing because of the nitro it gets into your okay. blood quicker or whatever. Okay. So it tends to not make you, it doesn't make my jaw hurt. Sure. It just affects you. Like, you, the caffeine affects yeah. you. If I drink okay. too much coffee, the jaw hurt thing, I just yeah. mean sometimes I get that weird feeling from coffee. Right. Nitro doesn't do that. But nitro can be a real mistake for me <laughs> also. Okay. So, but what happens to me is that whatever mood you're in, nitro just sort of superpowers that. <laughs> so, so, so never choose your mood wisely. Choose your mood for nitro well because if <laughs> if you're having a really productive day and you're like, "Wow, this is going so great." Drink a nitro by all means. But if you're really feeling like, Damn. "I have got to snap out of this and get something done," so I'll go get myself a coffee. Do not get a nitro at that time because what happens to me is it superpowers the feelings of not getting anything done for way too long. It's like it gives you a six-hour extension on whatever mood you're in. <laughs> so you can't pull yourself okay. out of the dump with a nitro. You can, so you just don't want to do that. You're like, don't go there. Probably if you're feeling that way, you should drink three liters of water and take a 15-minute nap and see yeah, what comes of see it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but the reason I bring that up is I think social media kind of does that same thing. Like, it can be, it magnifies whatever mm-hmm. problems you're mm-hmm. having. But I do think it makes common temptations a bigger obstacle. Like, it actually sure. inflates. Yeah. Right. If envy is a struggle in your life, envy is a much bigger thing to deal with. Yeah. In the world of social media. Or, yeah. um, mm-hmm. or... Back to the coronavirus. Fear. fear. If yeah, fear, fear is a real problem in your life, social media gives you so many more opportunities to yeah. be fearful. So yeah. many more things to be like, what? Yeah. Someone's child in Louisiana three years ago <laughs> got tiki torch fuel on their face. <laughs> and... <laughs> of the, the randomness. Oh, everyone. I'm sorry that <laughs> I laughed. My point, my point in this is the fact that you now have like an international database of things <laughs> to fear, yeah. right? Like yeah. what to panic over Discontent is. Discontent can just churn its way out in yeah like are, do you struggle with resentment of your family? Well, social media <laughs> will help you to do that. Times times ten. You can just have a real pipeline to that. On the other hand, I'm just gonna say this because I know you all know that I don't have a problem with social media. I do think it is a tool and it is it is wealth. And that means that in many of those cases, I don't think well, I'm not I don't think the solution is to get out of a social media get out of a world that has social media. I think the solution is to fix your attitude yourself. 
to have yeah. a better defense mechanism for yeah. these things. Like you do not, no Christian is is like condemned to a life of envy on social media. You can <laughs> you can actually. It's one of the things you could choose to not do. Right. You could actually with with the Holy Spirit and uh, and just general confession of Best sin accountability yeah exactly work. you can get past those things you do not have to be like you know what happens to me and if you find a person who's routinely causing you to grit your teeth when you see them on social media well unfollow them yeah but if it's like you your friend un- if you it's know. like your friend and you're gritting your teeth because you think she's prettier than you pray about that and yeah, get the grace sure. to not be that person who's for who's, sure but I mean, like the sort of person that you feel tempted to be critical of all the time whenever you see them, or yeah, something. totally. Like, just, just don't. No, because you're like, why would I? Why would you subscribe? The Should you subscribe to the magazine that annoys you? <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Do you need to pour over the pages? I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, like, there's there's actually other things to do in life than yeah. that. So, man, isn't that the case? Yeah, I would just say let's all let's all talk about not just giving in to every temptation on social media. <laughs> I actually find I have a weird uh, Facebook is not a time suck for me because it is out of control for me. And I find that really, that's actually pretty, that's helpful. Like, if if I highly curated a list of people that I actually meant to keep track of on Facebook, I could see getting sucked into trying to do that. Mm -hmm. But my entire Facebook feed is irrelevant. (laughs) There's there's nothing in it that that is... I don't know many of them, and I couldn't possibly wade through to get it down. But you know what? Instagram, though, I only follow, like... 11 people possibly 18 I'm not really sure because that is one where it's like there's more I, to see I on don't Instagram, need yeah. I don't need to see what everybody else is supposed to you know yeah I follow a I lot might, I, I might stray on up to 20 one of these days but well, I don't want really, to really selfish of you <laughs> uh, I think it's anyways I just think it's an interesting thing we can actually have the victory over that kind of thing and I yeah. remember thinking years ago back when the bible reading challenge had not yet started we had the 500th year of the reformation celebration and i remember thinking what would women like that the women of the reformation uh-huh. have thought of our opportunities yep. to share the gospel like yep. what would they have thought of our opportunity like what all the mm-hmm. resources that we actually possess and mm-hmm. are not availing ourselves of right and you think a big part of that is that they were already all in i think yeah and i think that's what a lot of us today are missing is that we're curating a life that is not primarily about the gospel. You know what I mean? It's very compartmentalized. It's like we have a bento box approach. Exactly. Like, well, I have, I have my little gospel sushi roll down there in the bottom of the cache of other things. But if people came to look at my, actually, this is the thing. Here's an interesting challenge. If people who didn't know you at all, came to look at your social media what would they know of your faith Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. would they find anything because i suspect that for many of us there's actually not much about your faith on it there's like it's like well this is us would they know much about the styles you like (laughs) probably Probably. would they know much about your political opinions most likely people could ascertain that what if they you know what would they find out about you that you're on trend in many ways or that Mm -hmm. you are living differently those are it's kind of true important questions it's true now i have a very random and not connected at all thing to tell you about this was a random trail that i okay I scampered down of the internet the other day. <laughs> was it a magazine I don't want to subscribe to? <laughs> no, well, this was epic. And I okay. was like, there's only you who's going to appreciate this. Okay. Um, so, for no good reason that I know of, I decided that I needed to make some yogurt. Oh, yeah, I like that. And I was that. like, I really need to make, like, a Greek yogurt. But I want to just do more of a... So, I'm reading about traditional Greek yogurt. Oh, I know why this was. When we were in Greece last summer, the yogurt was so good. And it was actually different than the Greek yogurt that you buy here. So I'm I'm Googling because we were on a trip. We were 
there was a lot of time just sitting in the car driving. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm, I'm uh, reading up why, why Rachel does the Greek yogurt here not taste like yogurt in Greece? Like there's just a difference in texture or something. So I'm reading about that, and then then I of course I'm like I need to try that. I'm gonna have to make me yeah. some yogurt. I'm gonna get me have a Greek to do cow that. for starters. Yeah, a Greek yeah. cow for sure. And then I was like, and then of course you know it's super simple, but you have to you just have to start with the culture, right? And I was like, but I know that with sourdough, you don't have to get somebody else's starter. You can start your own from the wild yeasts of the air. You catch it. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, I wonder if that's true of yogurt or if you really have to have another yogurt. So then I start going like, where's the original yogurt? You know, what's the original ground zero yogurt where you can yeah. start your own? And so I'm I'm doing some reading on this and I get into this amazing <laughs> thread, amazing, that was just such a little microscope on humanity. <laughs> I think that if you got into <clears throat> catch your own yogurt cultures, that would be the prime ground to find where yeah, to find some stuff. Ah, but but that's where I would look for it. Well, it fact. was really good because first off, there's a lot of people kefir subgroup. Well, people asking the question, they're like, "How does one come about finding the right strain of bacteria in the air?" Mm. And some people are like, "Well, when I was growing up in Turkey, my." housekeeper would just leave a bowl of milk on the counter and it would just turn into yogurt. And so they're all discussing if whether or not if that's, that's the case. True, if that's true, if it is like sourdough, then but maybe you're making so much yogurt that you actually have that in, in the air. air. That's You've what they were saying. yogurt in the air. And they were still like, but like, but what if you don't have that in the air? Because people try it and their milk just goes bad and you know, stuff. Yeah. This is how you give but yourself a foodborne you illness. Yeah. But you won't, you won't believe where you can get the original yogurt stuff from. You get a big pinch of dirt out of an anthill. Get out. No. This is for acidophilus? It's, it is, I can't is remember. Is that what it is? So you is put it in the yogurt. A, I, uh, no, it was That's a really close to bucephalus, no, which can't be it. No, there's, it's a number of different. Napoleon's horse. Thread. Yeah. Isn't that what that is? Not Napoleon, it's Alexander the Great. All right. But anyways, the, um. A big pinch of the stuff from Ant Hill or Ant Eggs, if you can come upon Ant Eggs, you stick it in your in your milk and then you let it sit and it goes into little lumpy curds and you take one of the curds out and that that's a, where you begin. Is that putting a kefir it. culture? No, this is yogurt. I know, so, but isn't kefir a liquid or yogurt? And it well, makes a grain. But this is, is the that next where they're thing. getting? No, kefir this grain? is the next thing. Because no, this is just a I'm big. I'm about squishy. to go down this hill. Yeah, but see then, yeah. then hole, what happens is that hill. But hole. you can also do it, Rach, with chili stems, like chilies with the stem attached. You can put in warm milk, let it sit. And I watched a whole Turkish video of a Turkish woman putting chilies into warm milk, and it had some subtitles. But it's important that the stem be on it. Well, okay, so I'm I'm like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to try. I'm not going to do the anthill. I mean, I think I'm going to stay out of that. But I'm going <laughs> to maybe do a chili stem. But then somebody else is like, you can also do it with lemon or chickpeas or a tamarind. So anyhow, yeah. I was very interested in this. But then a fight breaks out in the comments. Total fight. I mean, sarcasm. Calling one another to account for their lack of scholarship going to the all caps and it was it was because somebody was like well this will make a thickened milk product but it will not be yogurt because it is not going to be that specific strain of bacteria and in order to be yogurt it has to be that specific specific strain the other one was insisting that it adapts once it's put in dairy and becomes that specific strain then they begin yelling at one another over their lack of journal article article citations and then no joke. One man actually began to boast of his abilities with the microfiche. And I was dying. I was like, this... I thought you were going to say someone accused. So at that good. point. At that point, someone brought up federal vision. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was... I, I remain stumped because I'm like, I actually really want to try this now. But if it's not yogurt, I don't really want to make it. Like, I don't want to make sour cream or creme fraiche although I do but 
what I'm on a quest for right now. Yeah, okay, yogurt. lactobacillus acidophilus yes, is one. one of the probiotics in yogurt. Yeah, uh, it's one of. And so and so this one man was so quite insistent I that the, chil- the chili one would adapt and become that. The other one was very not. And and um, they then got into another fight about grape skins that I couldn't follow. I'm not sure that if you started from the dirt to make it that you're going to come up with a Greek well, tasting said, yogurt in no, the first No, they said place. what it that was the Turkish one. Like they said that's yeah. what it is in Turkey. But they said that But what even they there think I'm sure that they used the, the starter. They used the starters. Yeah, but you have to find at the original one. But they said that um they think it's the saliva of the ant that makes the little pills of dirt, you know, when they're building the anthill. Yeah. They think that that's what makes it. I, so, I love. I, it just makes you want to praise the Lord for His right. The crazy. But I was also like chickpeas. We grow chickpeas here, Rach. You and I okay. could make a fully local yogurt from the chickpeas. I was threatening I my children. I just googled this to check on this. Where does keep? Where do kefir grains come from? Okay. Because right. you know what they're like. They're like yeah. weird tapioca balls, yeah. kind of. Mm-hmm. No, you, this didn't look like that yeah, at all. Yeah, but these you just put in milk. And then you strain it out yeah. and put them in the next batch of milk. Sure. And they multiply themselves up, yeah. I think. Okay. Kefir grains occur in nature. They are living microorganisms, not man-made. No one knows exactly <laughs> where or when the kefir grains first appeared. What has been established, however, is that kefir grains originated from the northern Caucasus mountain region of the former USSR. Okay. <laughs> well, now you know. So when Let's God see. made us a liquid yogurt microorganism know, but in the, the mountains is, of the USSR. <laughs> the thing about this, though, is I'm like, oh, I told my kids, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go cruising around some of the outside of some of those grain elevators looking for chickpeas. Why? See just if go I to the just, field and no, get some. Well, well, they're not growing right now. Oh, like, yeah. find an old chickpea because maybe it'll maybe it'll the have actual, some ant, the hard one, some ant saliva on it too for a double whammy. The hard one. <laughs> all you have to do is go buy some of our because you can get them at yeah, like. I I'm gonna. I totally am. I'm totally at Huckleberries. You can get the Palouse garbanzo okay. beans. Well, now I know that you're gonna find me down there buying some chickpeas to see well, if why it's not? true. Why not do that? I, know. I think you should. I know. I'm just feeling like. These are waters that should be explored. Oh, I see. I sometimes get into those waters and then I get back out. <laughs> I, like you started up with like, yes. And then you're like, or not. But yeah. but still that seems No, really... but I just want to know, you know. And Oh, yeah. I, I stand behind your decision. And yogurt's pretty low key. I use levels. the Yogourmet yogurt machine that I quite oh, like. Okay. It's so easy and I like it. Well, this doesn't seem like it's too high-powered of a process. This is, this is, I know you don't really have to have a yogurt machine, but it just mm-hmm. keeps, it's like a water bath. It has yeah. like a water bath to just keep a steady temperature. Right. But but it is an eight-cup vessel mm-hmm. that yeah. makes eight cups of yogurt, so it's not mm-hmm. like little fiddly stuff. Yeah. And, but I really like their starter. I use their powder starter, the Yo Gourmet. Right. The, it's like just a freeze dried, probably. Yeah, I know. And you can do that, or you can just start it with a regular I know, but yogurt. whenever I've done it with another yogurt, I don't like the, I like the flavor yeah. of their start right. profile. Well, apparently, that. the chili pepper one, you get a sort of a spicy tone initially. <laughs> and then, and then Which after, comes as no real surprise. After like the fifth generation then it's totally normal i've started getting into but i want to i just need to do it and try it and strain it in the cheesecloth and do the whole thing i was reading about this company in new york where there it's some greek guys that are making oh yeah Mm -hmm. and they brought the whatever starter from greece and they're doing it all the uh, you know whatever original way but they're saying it takes three days start to finish to to make their yogurt. So I'm trying to figure out what that would be. Straining. Because the Greek yogurt is... What makes it so thick and creamy is all the straining of the whey. I know, but not for days. Yeah, because you have to do, like, batches of it. Well, probably. maybe it's because they're making such a huge amount. Yeah, but see, my problem... My problem is that I never... I don't... To me, trying to make a Greek yogurt is like... Um, it is like the same problem as making fruit leather out of fruit. Oh, it's just too much milk for the, little no, result? No, we actually... Yeah, because if you strain all the way out of it, you get yeah. very little for however big the volume is. You know what is? people were saying to do with it, though? And I couldn't find why. 
They said use it to make lemonade. Yeah, way based. What? Oh, because Why? there's a lot of fermenting, fermenting type things that you can Sounds use. Sounds pretty gross for. to me. I like how whenever someone pulls up, wherever we're on our Outlook, whenever someone joins us, we're like, what are these sinister people doing? <laughs> Keep looking in the rear like, view mirror. we're just sitting here. Rachel's knitting. What's I'm your problem? I'm talking about yogurt. Why think... else is... Yeah. I mean, is there any... I am knitting. I'm knitting a clover tweed dishcloth because what we needed was some cuter, freshery looking dishcloths in our house. Mm, yeah. I need those for sure. However, I told my girls I'm gonna need a cupboard first, and then I'll get. I some told new ones. my girls like, show me. I need new dishcloths from everyone over spring break. Mm-hmm. Join me in this labor. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, get, I should get some out of that. Do you have a tip for us before we sign out? I did have a tip. I have a tip. I think. What I've told you before that one of my favorite cookbooks is the um, uh, an everlasting meal really oh, liked yeah. that one mm-hmm. but I liked it because it was like mind bending good reading like how to think about cooking yeah I feel like my job is more than just menu planning it's a lot of mm-hmm. food coming and going all the time it's like yeah. it's a different way of I don't know it's like my kitchen and I have to get to know each other in a yeah. complex way and the everlasting meal was I loved it because it was more about ways of being in your own ways of I don't know so I just liked it but I also liked I also have always liked the um any kind of like prepare in advance kind of Mm -hmm. food well wait wrong I never liked the cook all your food for a month and a day thing but I'm (laughs) talking about any kind of like like I get really excited about the ball canning book suggestions oh, sure. for making lemon curd to have on hand for whenever you might want a lemon right. curd. Right. And um, so I got a new, my favorite, the one of my favorite sourdough cookbooks is by Emily Rafa that's called Artisan Sourdough Made Simple and I recommended that one a lot. And it there's a ton of stuff in it that is like applicable to normal family life really useful Mm -hmm. recipes then I saw she had another cookbook that I think is called the clever cookbook or something like that her blog is the clever carrot so that's why and but it's the same kind of like here's things to make ahead so that you're prepared to do Mm -hmm. dinners in a short amount of time like here's how you can feel equipped what I'm just saying we have one percent left. So oh, we better wrap it up. We're done. Da- it says it's, it's gonna, battery. I know, but it's it's been steadily going down. Okay, so I'm just telling everyone. If so we it's cut a cook, out, it's a cookbook recommend. Can I say it again? The clever. It's called the clever cookbook, and so far I'm quite happy about it. Well, that's awesome. All right, well, guys, we're about to die. Uh, down to one percent battery. Just the phone. It has yeah. nothing to do with the virus. <laughs> All right. All right. Until everyone, next time. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Bye.